don't. Thanks. No, there's only two of them. <laughs> Literally, one just stopped looking at us. He refuses to look at us anymore. Paul, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so we have Paul and <laughs> Jacob and Joe. Hi. Hi. Hey guys. They're, create, hey guys. they're a creative force behind something. What did they create? Uh, Curses Comic. Curses Comics. Yeah. You guys have been on before, though. Yes. Yes. Thank Most you of us. Back. Yeah. yeah. Two thirds of them. Yeah. So we have a mystery, a mystery guest, and then like a ho hum. We've done this before, guest. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if I can carry these two. <laughs> so every all our attention, you guys too, Jacob and Joe, you all our attention goes to Paul. Paul, yeah. this is your life, okay? <laughs> Dead air. <laughs> yeah. So Paul, where where were you born? I was born in Visalia, California. Oh wow. Okay. Do you still live there or have you moved since moved? I have moved many a time. I currently live in Oakland. Eric, you're taking this so, bit a little far. So, <laughs> I was joking. But thanks for answering, I wasn't. Paul. I take, uh, I'm I just take, waiting for the uh, social security question. <laughs> Do you have a credit card that can see your front and back of <laughs> Do you have the Slice app? Does anybody use the Slice app? I have no idea what that is. So that's the, that's no the pizza delivery one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you use that? I, I, yes, uh, only on occasion, because usually like the, it's, you can get the same thing in Postmates, but Slice goes further. It's a, it doesn't matter. We're not plugging in it. Yes, I've used it before. Oh, it delivers <laughs> further than uh, Postmates? Um, it, for, yeah, for whatever reason, when, when you look up a place, there's like a smaller radius and Slice would be like, oh man, you really want pizza. We'll give it to you for, no matter what city it's coming from. Oh, Even cool. if it shows up cold. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just know that you can get like a free pizza every five pizzas or something like that. It's very nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's very nice. My wife loves it. So like all right. yeah, we Fair use enough. slice all the time. And then we pick up. We don't get it delivered. We just pick up. Sounds good. Yeah. I, I don't know why they need their own app, the pizza pizzas. <laughs> I haven't figured it out either. Yeah. yeah. What's better than the stamp cards? I have a collection of them from like a dozen different sushi places and a cheesesteak shop that I've never cashed in, but I think I've got somewhere in the neighborhoods that like 10 or 20 sandwiches ready to go. <laughs> I just got to bring them all in at once. Yeah. Uh, like I swear, yeah, you got like three on one, two on another one, that sort of thing. Just hope it adds up. Yeah. 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 You're waiting I for see. the stock market crash, really. <laughs> <laughs> to cash in on cheesesteaks. So, uh, Jacob and Joe, you guys are the creators of Curses Comics, uh, mm -hmm. artist and writer. We've talked to you quite a bit about your process. Um, Paul is the editor of your comic book. How does that, how does Paul factor in to your, what does so he do? What, the, does, what is Paul? What is during Paul's the writing role? process? What is the job of the editor? So yeah, that's a good question, Paul. What is your job? In, uh, in this context, I'm, I'm sort of like, a like Clippy, if you remember Clippy from <laughs> Microsoft Word. Yeah. The little, I'm the guy uh, that pops up in the corner. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, hey, you oh, kind of spelled that wrong. Oh, God. Yeah, we, just dated, we just dated yeah. ourselves, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly uh, I'm a sounding board. I got a call from Joe one day and asked if I could do some light editing work for him. And I took that to mean copy editing. Uh, not so different from our college days where Joe would have a paper or some other thing that he wanted another pair of eyes for. Yeah. And we were roommates and I would take care of it. And I usually only charged like a steak dinner or uh, <laughs> or a clean 20 bucks right. or, you know, some other small piecemeal thing. And uh, here we are today, 20 years later, 
I'm still doing his homework. Yeah. <laughs> As a college student, a steak dinner is like way yeah, like upper class. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Did you drink like did you drink every single time you did that? Like with your pinky out? I mean, <laughs> no, no, I, I believe Paul, you might be slightly misremembering this. Every now and then I, I I usually write my my essays and be like, hey, I need help with this. Uh every now and then I was like, Paul. How do you feel about doing this essay yes, for me? Yeah, and I didn't that, want to sell you out. And, and that was the value of a steak dinner, by the way. Oh, okay, okay. I believe I wrote the cover letter. Well, right yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and call, and call okay. it up on which ones we wrote. Got it, got it. <laughs> At some point, some of his work was some of my work. It all blends together. Who's to say, you know? But but. <laughs> but as far as the uh, comic goes, uh, I try and stay out of Joe's way and just let him sound other ideas off of me. And I seem to get brought in when there is a contentious moment between the two. And he, I'm the, uh, the yes, tiebreaker. he has played referee a couple times where, where you know, where, where Jacob is like, I will die before we, we add a rubber ducky to this scene. Yeah. And I was like, damn it, my life depends on this rubber ducky. <laughs> and, and so and Paul will just get a frantic phone call. like, Paul, I think Jacob's an idiot. He hates rubber duckies. I think rubber duckies are the best thing ever. What do you think about this scene? And he's like, I don't know what the context is. I'm, and it, you're going to have to send me the script. Like, what are we talking about here? But he's played tiebreaker a handful of times <laughs> on, on dumb, like stupid concepts. Or does this joke land? Or does this even make sense? And, and uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's been great to have a third a third person invested Absolutely. in the- uh, Especially uh, in our uh, early days of like growing pains and trying to figure out this whole process. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had to like you know like grease the wheels? Be like, hey, uh, Paul, I was there for you in college, and I just need you to side on me on this one little thing yeah, about a Paul always duck. seemed to take Joe's sides, Jacob. No. <laughs> or it's the uh, opposite. Like, has Paul? You're like, you know, Paul's never taken my side once. Actually, right, right. I, I don't know. I don't think we have a tally going. I think, and I think the reason that's the case is because Paul never says yes or no to one. He's like, well, what if we did half a rubber ducky with that, you know, like just the head sort of like so, some sort of like a, a blending of the two ideas kind of thing. So like a, a lose lose or a compromise is right, right, right mm -hmm. is where we always usually end up. Okay. Yeah, it's good that he stays objective. That way we can make sure the audience is going to right. receive our dumb ideas. So <laughs> I usually do just wander around with like, dunce cap on asking myself <laughs> would a reasonable person laugh at this would an unreasonable person laugh at this yeah yeah and that was uh, something that came up regularly at the con too where we had to I had to pitch this to a lot of uh you know people of all shapes and sizes and it sometimes it landed and sometimes it didn't uh, what was the name of the con you went to? And we went to the it? so we went to the Los Angeles Comic Convention. It was in Los Angeles. Uh, actually, not only was it in Los Angeles, it was the entire LA Convention Center, uh, which, if you've never been before, is essentially two full convention centers that are tied together with like a sky, you know, like a tunnel con connecting them yeah. two together. So this one went all out. It was wow. going to be the first big one in a long time because even um, San Diego Comic-Con did a very sort of like mock drop down version of it this year. Yeah. So since the pandemic, this was the first major, major, major con. Everybody who was there was like, you know, we they decided to go out, like I said, first time in almost two years that they got to do a, a big convention sort of thing that wasn't just virtual or something wow. like that. So yeah. it was... Mm -hmm and massive and endless uh we were there for three full days and i left jacob on multiple occasions to go explore and by the end of 
the third day, I almost finished just the side that we were on, the, 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 <laughs> the, the building that we were on. I didn't even get to see the second building. Oh, my uh, gosh. So, yeah, it went, it went yeah, on. Forever. I didn't even get to see the full building we were in. It was yeah, huge. It was massive. Yeah. Did you have a – you had a table? We did. Not only okay. did we have a table, we had a corner table. It was awesome real estate. Wow, cool. um, yeah, really kind mm -hmm. of fun. Was it just the two of you, or was Paul there? Uh, oh, and... just the two of us. Okay. Oh, sorry, Paul. Anything, like, what you guys I, say I didn't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it was a grind, by the way. There was a grind yeah. element to it. Like, it was, you know, 12-hour days, I think, at, at some point. Wow. Um, so so there, it was it was a whole thing. So how many how – many, did you print? So you printed your comic before going to the con? Yes. Yeah, yeah we made a, a couple small print orders, you know, modest – just in case we didn't sell out and you know in this case i'm glad we didn't print too many just because a lot of people weren't really buying um and that was just kind of a general theme throughout the the whole convention oh okay but um, you know we did okay it was just uh, yeah so what i want to give a caveat to is jacob has been hitting the pavement on conventions uh probably actually since the last time we did a podcast mm -hmm. so okay. it, uh, almost as a part-time job just uh, everything in the area, you know, sometimes, it, you know, stayed over or something like that. So he had a lot of experience just from, um, you know, uh, being at con, seeing what worked and seeing what didn't. I showed up with myself and my pockets and, and a pen and pencil and, and a piece of paper. And that was it. Jacob showed up with trunks of stuff and he had signs already pre-printed and oh, cool. banners and stuff like that and, 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 and everything. So it was more like I was there helping, assisting, you know. Uh, 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 piggybacking of all the stuff you've been uh, developing up until then. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you've been to how many, Jacob? Uh, I mean, I only did probably four last year. That's a lot, and though. Yeah. It was, yeah, and some of them were better than others. I would say earlier on in the year, they were really good, and then they kind of tapered off. And you know what? The bigger ones, the bigger conventions, weren't uh, didn't do as well compared to the smaller conventions and i'm not exactly sure why that is we have some theories but you know who knows well, what do you lots think? of attendees but but not a lot of purchases uh for whatever yeah. reason yeah do you think people are just kind of overlooking the actual tables to get to the you know could uh, be that mark you know, camel like, or someone <laughs> yeah, yeah well like rob liefeld was there and there was like a line of people you know dressed up as deadpool and they were like all waiting to see him and then there's like you know big merchandise places and like disney has a booth and people are yeah. probably going to to go see that stuff um so yeah i don't think us on the artist alley were getting the majority of the attendees to come by and buy our stuff so you know yeah i i, I can tell you for a fact first of all i i talked to a couple of people around us who were like lived at cons that that was their thing that they just went from con to con city to city and and the consensus was yeah, everybody was super nice. It was great to be back in a big con, but generally, as far as emptying your pockets, you know, not, not a huge showing that day. I noticed at least a handful of times that people were just overwhelmed. There's so much happening, right? Yeah. And you need uh, something to grab your attention. And uh, I happen to adore Jacob's art, and I've said it in the past, and just about almost everybody that's that not just walked by, but stopped at our booth said, man, I, I, I saw the banner. I caught my eye, you know, the art. Tell me about your comic, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, cool. um, so so it really was just a, you know, like yeah, like like a like a, uh, you know, a needle in a haystack sort of thing where it's just like it, it's there's so much color in every direction. Anything you can think of giant banners and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Very, by the way, sometimes very misleading banners. I, I remember a handful of times 
we would see something sitting down and we're like, that looks awesome. And Jacob would like, go check it out and tell, tell me what that IP is. And I would come back and I was like, it was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dumb, man. That's crazy, yeah. like how marketing yeah. works though, right? Like yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the type yeah. of stuff. Oh my God. One in particular, there was one that was I shot from us and we were like, oh man, that one looks cool. It looked like some D&D. Hold on. It was called Lizards and Labyrinths. Okay. It was in it was in the the font of D&D, but it had like a, a brick, you know, old school, like brick background to it and stuff like that. I'm like, God, did they develop a a new, it's, it's a new RPG system or is it maybe an interesting spin on D&D, but the story is everyone's a lizard, you know, like, uh, like <laughs> I, I was so excited about it. Well, that's the one you're talking about, right? The same one? It is the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, and I think we watched, we stared at that thing for a day or so, a full day before I went to go check it out. Yeah. First of all, two things happened. One, the banner is two-sided, right? And yeah. I didn't know that. We were just looking at the side facing us. Uh, okay. So I immediately went to the booth that it was underneath. Mm -hmm. And I was like, guys, lizards and labyrinth, it's so cool. Tell me about it. And it was just husband and wife. And they kind of looked at each other and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. I was like, the sign. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's the booth behind us. That's uh... not our booth. They just had this massive booth and it was sitting above their heads. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They're like, that's cool. Do you want to talk about our thing? And I was like, no. no um no. they were selling like you know chibi buttons or something like that and uh, i was like, like the, i really just the high pitch like Aah. i was like maybe but i kind of want to find out what li lizards and labyrinths are uh first i'm so sorry i'll be back i promise and i, I just ran away never um, came back so, yeah never came back so then i went all the way down one aisle back across come all the way down the other aisle and it was a you know but there's like four or five people the thing i'm like lizards and labyrinths what is it and and so basically they're oh god it was something like well we have this comic book um where these people get sucked into a video game and inside the video game there's a music group and the album that they that they drop as part of the video game is called Lizards and Labyrinths. Um, and we're <laughs> uh, and we're thinking of making a song or two for it or something like that. And I was like, oh, so it's an album? Is it a music album? It's no. it's a it's a okay. It, in the in their story, the characters are inside of a fake video game. In the fake video game is a fake artist who has a fake album that doesn't exist, and that album is called Lizards and Labyrinths. So it's Inception. Uh, it's Inception. It's, a, it's, a, it's Inception. <laughs> Again, keep in mind, aside from the, the, the name and the logo of the name, nothing more exists of this concept. There's no lizards. Um, there's no the lizards. There's the no labyrinths. They're like, they even have the comic grant for it. Yeah, they're like, I, okay. The comics in our mind. Guys. I got one better for you. You know what he was pitching instead? And I totally forgot about this. He sold me hard on, was that the guy for the creative space? Wasn't that the one, Jacob? Where he was like, by yes. the way, if you guys have a comic that's so awesome, please take our card. What we do is you pay us and we will uh, feature your, your comic uh, on our website. And also, if uh, if you'd like, you can use our creative space to make more comics if you're interested. Uh, and and that's really what he was pushing this sort of pyramid scheme of comic. I but again, you gotta understand. So Jacob is sitting at the table like I, I can't wait. He's been gone a long time. I'm excited for him to tell me what Lizards and Labyrinths is. And I was just so defeated. You're yeah. getting sold on a pyramid scheme. I love yeah. This, yeah. I love well, well how did the scheme work? Like, like oh. I love this episode. It's just become like, like just us punching on lizards and ladders, like all the things. Like, you it's know, not a real thing. It's not, it sounds it's, like, 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 
of all the places to do a pyramid scheme, like why would you do it at a convention? I don't know. I don't know. But but now I feel like I they are improperly using lizards and labyrinths. I'm like, I'll write a comic called Lizards and Labyrinths, and I'll and I'll mm. better, better than than, than yeah. what they did with it. I'll tell you, there is like an album like called Lizards and Labyrinths. By, oh, it exists by they the Lizards it. of Doom. Okay, and it seems okay. that it came out a while ago, 2018. But I, I don't I don't see that this is connected to No 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 this is the this is the this might actually be the right thing. I'm looking at the artwork this and it is looks them. okay. This is them. So this okay, so this album exists in the fake video game that the <laughs> characters of their stories get sucked into or something like okay, that. Okay, all right. So I, I guess I didn't realize that he actually did make the album. Um it was just I was getting a lot of nonsense from this guy, but um yeah, not to not to punch down it's very you. conceptual. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, uh, but but their songs and they exist. All right, far be it for me to say so, that they so didn't this album was it. made by a character within his comic book that was already trapped in a video game. Did you say fake video game or? Yes. Yeah. 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 The game only exists in the story. Again, this is the this is the pitch I was given. So I, 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 if I get a little bit of it wrong, I apologize. But but yeah, it was a weird like spiral down to get to what actually was it's like a, like Jumanji, like yeah. the, the new movie, version, yeah. right? Like yes, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's but, I, but I once like, you get I sucked just, in, you you have to join a band. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't care about. I, I just want to know about lizards and labyrinths, and and the amount of degrees it took to get for him to just tell me what lizards and labyrinths was was so disappointing um, the labyrinth is the music industry uh, yeah 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 <laughs> and it's navigating producers and yeah. uh, record companies and digital sales and that's the labyrinth yeah and your your band is called lizards of doom yeah i, I guess so um but yeah <laughs> That's so yeah. boring sounding. But, but yep. yes, but not only that, but so so you see the way the font of, of their of the album yeah, cover. It, it looks... was just that, but with a massive banner. Keep in mind, double-sided, so big that we could see it four aisles over and stole uh, you know, stealing the thunder of the poor table behind them. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, that, well, we just looked at that for about tw- you know a full day and a half, and we're like, I gotta see what that is, man. It was just a really well done uh design. Yeah, it is, a, it is a good design. Long story short, marketing. It, it helps sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what kind of banners did you guys have? Uh, well, you know, I've got a couple like six foot banners that we ordered from or one that we ordered. You know what? Actually, we ordered both of them from uh, Vistaprint. They okay. did like the yeah. retractable yeah. one, like oh, the cool. vertical cool. one. And then we did one that was a banner and I bought some stand off of amazon and just strung it up with zip ties and it, it seems to work pretty well you know it doesn't take too long to set up joe is able to help me set it up really fast and the only thing that is it's kind of awkward and we noticed that is like the vertical one next to the horizontal banner it's like how do you fit this behind a eight foot table space without it like uh, covering yeah. the horizontal one so you can't put it in front in any way I, I, I think that's what we were thinking of doing next time to, to have yeah. it dangling on the front and then put the two big ones behind it or something yeah like we're oh, gonna okay. have to and hopefully you know i've been to some other smaller conventions where you have like a lot of real estate you can really put your banners out there but you know at this big convention everybody's crammed in there and paul what do you, you think only have, you only have what you have, <laughs> have to work with so well, you're, you're the, the editor <laughs> 
Yeah, it is yeah. bringing back a lot of traumatic memories. I've spent a good deal of time at conventions. I work in the gaming industry in oh, marketing. Okay. Okay. So it's my job to make those signs that deceive everybody and draw them to your booth. <laughs> and I do not miss the days of doing setup and teardown for the booth. Uh, but it sounds like you guys had a really successful run for being a small indie comic and totally. uh, dwarfed in a sea of other small indie comics and yeah. larger ones. In a con where everybody claimed there were poor sales, I think we sold, uh, we say fi almost 50 comics, 40 comics, Jacob? Was that what it was? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that, that sounds nice. about right. 50 individual my bags people, were a lot lighter going home. Yeah, 50 individual people bought our uh, our comic in some way, shape, or form. Oh, which that's is great. Nice. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's really, really good. Shaking hands and kissing babies, the whole was thing. Any, did you make any contacts? Yeah, uh, we did. We made one uh, who I need to probably follow up with. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the, the most, what I wanted to say was, uh, I think the reason I got into this topic at all was because I was talking about pitching this idea to so many different people. Um, we would get people at our booth all the time, again, drawn by the art, shown up, hey, tell us about the concept. And I, you know, hit them with something simple. You know, it's, uh, you know, clerks meet sort of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, whatever, you know, like some concept like that. And people are like, I love it. Shut up. Don't stop talking to me. I just want this, <laughs> this comic to get off your show. I, we met some people that were like, oh, curses. I saw, you know, I bought your first issue at a, a comic book store because I have one, one of the local ones sells it. Didn't know you had second and third. I'd love to pick it up. I'm like, cool. Did you read the first issue? Nope. <laughs> but, I want, yeah. but I want the whole thing. Uh, but my most memorable experience, I think, I don't know if Jacob was there for this one. This 13-year-old girl came by with her, her, her mother and she was like, uh, I love the art. You know, th this is exactly what I've been looking for. You know, as far as, she didn't say it, but she was like, a, um, women heroes in, in some sort of a, a comic. She didn't use the word representation, but she was like, oh my God, I've been looking for something like this. And the mom was like, all right, do you wanna, you wanna take a chance? With this one, you want to you? And she's like, "Yeah, I really do." Okay, so what's the concept? And I was like, "Well, so it's clerks meets, um, you know, like Scooby Doo <laughs> a little bit, and maybe Buffy the Vampire Slayer." And I just got a blank face on, from this thirteen-year-old girl <laughs> who had never heard of any of the IPs I had just mentioned. No. And the mom was like, "I know what you're talking about, by the way. <laughs> that does sound interesting." <laughs> and and despite the fact she'd never heard of any of those things, she was like, "I'll, I still would like to try your comic, please." Um, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, it." Uh, it you know, just a heads up, it's there's cursing in it. It's called curses. Uh, I would say it's PG-13. And she was like, well, I'm 14, so that should be perfectly fine. And I was like, whoa, OK, you got you. You know what? You probably got me there. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, but it was just fun to see the reaction on people's faces and stuff and, and talk back and forth with them and have actual interaction with the, essentially our work. It was kind of neat. You oh, know? Yeah, cool. it was. That was really neat. Anybody uh, uh, cosplayers? Anybody from Curses or? <laughs> no Curses cosplay. We did see a lot of a wild uh, um, cosplays. There was a, a Space Marine who was like almost ten feet tall. You know, like he was clearly walking. No, it was a Transformer. That's right. Uh, yeah, he was dressed as Starscream. It was and, amazing. And he was like he was like thirteen feet tall or twelve yeah, feet tall. Yeah, massive. He was you know on stilts or something. It's huge. Um, wow. Yeah, absolute bananas. There was a little kid dressed as a Jawa who would run around like inspecting all the things and making the noises and the parents were following her along like fixing her hood every time it would fall down and stuff like that it was, it was very adorable uh, but no no curses not yet no curses oh no. too bad yeah yeah that'll be the next next con probably for sure yeah 
and of course you uh you signed with spielberg right like yes of course he's mm-hmm. doing the movie adaptation. and you you said quote i won't accept this unless mark hamill plays the mummy he has to be the mummy i was like come back when you have a real offer and i slid it back to him yeah i was like no thanks um no last day of the con uh like uh like closing hours like the half hour before everything closed the guy came by who was like hey i'm actually i your art caught my eye, you know, can I take one of these books? Please email me. Uh, we're a distributor, you know, probably the seventh largest in, in the country. And I was like, oh, cool, sure. Um, and I, yeah, and uh, gave me his card and everything. And that was a fun contact. I emailed him. I got to follow up with him at some point to figure out what's going on. Not been two months. It's probably been a while, but. I wonder um, if that guy's like the most clever, like, con artist in the world. He's <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a distributor. Let me get one of your comics. Just yeah, yeah. Yo, he, he, oh, he bought it. He still bought it, though. Yeah, oh, he yeah. still bought it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did do some trades. That was also fun. I didn't know that was a thing. Other people were like, hey, I've got my own comic down here. Your comic looks really cool. If you're interested, we can do a swap or whatever. Oh, I, nice. I didn't realize there was a barter system at, at comic conventions. Um that's yeah, cool. so we yeah. got, I picked up a, a couple uh, super exciting comics, especially there was one that was like just starting. It was their very first comic, but I really liked the concept. Um, yeah, yeah, that I, one was really cool. How does that work if you don't want to trade? Like, like uh, you, you're like, yeah, 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 but then you get it, <laughs> and it's like, like, like four yeah, pages. Awesome. You look at the yeah, comics, just... and you're like, oh no Uh-oh. yeah uh, you're like, well, ours is a oh. the thing is ours is nicer than yours. And... <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Jacob's art is better than this thing. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, Jacob's got some free time now. Do you want some art lessons? He's yeah, here. <laughs> I had that conversation with Jacob. I was reading one of these guys' comment. I love the concept. This could use an editor. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was like, did, hey, Paul, yeah. I, did Paul perk up at that point? He's like, I, I should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. From the other side of the state, he was like. <laughs> There's a there's a there's a call on the wind. Call <laughs> signal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good times. Yeah, it sounds fun. Are you gonna do more? I'd like to. Yeah, there's a uh, WonderCon is coming back in April, but I think Jacob has a a, a schedule conflict. Yeah, I've got um, one. It's a con in uh, Kansas City that I'm doing. Okay. And then uh, I'm going back to the Northwest Arkansas Comic Convention, uh, and I don't even know the date for that one yet. So, mm-hmm. so I've got uh, two that I'm already booked for, and then and I'm right, right around the same time. And then I guess this summer is going to be the first uh, San Diego Comic Con again, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we can get into that one because it's going to be you know mobbed. Um, no, so maybe we try. Maybe we try again for LA Comic Con. It's going to be December. Apparently, it's going to be December every year. So maybe that's just our thing. Yeah, that one was fine. We know the ropes now, so we can. Yeah. Do you want to go for uh, small comic conventions more, like more small ones, or keep on trying to just get like several big ones? I like the small ones. Uh, I went to one which was like technically just a book con, and it was up just uh, like an hour drive from here. And yeah, I, I made almost equivalent money as I did in the three days at, at LA because there's a lot of people that are just looking for independent art stuff. Yeah. And all of the people that were tabling near me, you know, are like minded, and you know, everyone's got different taste and different. Um, you know and they know they're supporting either. local probably too exactly you know? so they were all eager to be like i really want to have part of this and definitely a lot of the trading happened there too oh cool with the neighbors so that was cool i definitely want to go back to that when that one was uh it was called uh i have okay i have their they have like a newsletter death ray con yeah death they ray have, con? okay yeah they put out this like um 
anthology of comics and they didn't do it this year but usually all the participants um will do like a single page spread in their newspaper based on a theme but since covid they haven't really done that yet so maybe this year um, yeah. I, I'm realizing, by the way, I confused. Uh, uh, Lizards and Labyrinth was not the Pyramid Scheme one. Uh, li- the, the, there was a, a the people that came to our booth. Do you remember? And they like feigned interest in our comic for a good yeah, five, six. I don't minutes. know. I don't remember what who they were affiliated with. I don't. But I know. But here's what they were selling. So they were selling Creative Space specifically. And they're like, okay, well, listen, we do voice acting, and we have Creative Spaces with microphones and recording equipment. If you're ever interested in either collaborating for the next comic or just working out of our studio, and it was like. Sure, great, thanks. And, and, and yeah, just to, you know, get them out of there. And I was like, they know we don't have a cartoon, right? It's just, it's a printed comic. <laughs> and they were pushing voice acting or renting their studio with microphones to work on our next issue of our paper comic. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, is that not that a thing where you are? Make spaces? <laughs> XL Underground Make- Comic is. It's no longer on paper. It's, it's only verbal. Wait, it, you've heard of this, Paul? It's called makerspaces? Uh, well, as a generic term, certainly. It's huge in the Bay Area here. What, just so, b- b- briefly, it's just is it just a, a creative like space to, to rent out and like work out of? Is that all it is? Uh, yes, the one nearest me, I think it's called The Crucible. You can do everything from blacksmithing to like making robots to like, tool crafting <laughs> That's crazy. Or, That's awesome. or writing. But it's, it's really cool. Yeah, you get a lot of interesting cross-pollination. That's interesting. That happens. That's awesome. I don't think that's what this guy was selling. He just had a recording studio, basically. Uh, <laughs> so uh, again, yeah, paper comic. Uh, I was like, maybe if we make a cartoon. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what was the coveted item first? Stevie's okay with that. Yeah, we'll go from there. What do you mean coveted item? Uh, among the trades and stuff, was it just books for books, or were there like cool pins and posters and stuff that were getting like three to one? uh we man we, it was it, we only just did that's a great question i think we just did books for books um we didn't have a lot of merchandise now here's the thing jacob had a lot of great um art like uh what do you call those um the just prints prints yes yeah. um so there were a lot of people who were, were really interested in the art prints there right across from us was a husband and wife selling um this the, the wife's art and it was mostly like animals and nature but but a little slightly more realistic, um, maybe a little, even a little Japanese influence. And she decided to make, she just had like a swallow and a rabbit and this and that. And then she made two that I stared at all day. It was a, <laughs> a samurai rabbit and a samurai badger, but in like, you know, like with the loose puffy kind of like uh, clothing and stuff like that. And just okay. very stoic looking. And I was like, that is so cool. Uh, and, by, and by the end, so I was like, we got to figure out a way to trade for some of that. So by the end of the con, I was like, I, I got to tell you, I love your art. Uh, are, are you guys familiar with um, uh, Yoshio Jimbo, the, the rabbit samurai? I mean, like, I've just been looking at it this whole time. And she's like, no. <laughs> um, but one, but one, other, one other man came and said the same thing. And I, I, I wrote it down. Um, but no, I've never heard of that before. Like, how do you write? How do you make a rabbit samurai? And, and don't even like accidentally come across, you know, Yoshio Jimbo uh, when Googling rabbit samurai. Um, she doesn't use reference. She's no. just like right off the dome. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, so that was <laughs> probably the most coveted item I wanted the entire con. Um, yeah, that was. Yeah, it, their table was pretty unique. They were doing like pen and ink art with watercolor and it. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like chibi 
pins and was she you know. drawing there was she drawing right she was there? oh okay sometimes and i didn't even get to go over there and look at <laughs> what they were doing oh no jacob hold on a second can i tell you what maybe the booth that had the most one of the most tensions over it was two over and i'm gonna i'm blanking on the name of the comic are you talking uh, about the one where the woman was drawing and it was just a bunch of titties and ass yeah 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 <laughs> um god what was it called I'm so frustrated that I can't remember. It was called something like uh, something where they where they would spell names with a Z, like 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 uh, 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 dumb beaches or something like that, but with with Z's and it, yeah, and it was just a it was a comic about strippers and stripping with stripper comics. And um, <laughs> she would have like people stopping; they wanted to take pictures of her, you know, like get in front of the booth and take pictures. She was like signing, you know, well, could you, could you please sign your name to this thing? And it was like, uh, I was like, there's, I don't even know that there's content to this comic. It was just, uh, yeah, I, I'm so frustrated that I can't think of this name, but yeah, that essentially the more, the more egregious it was, the more, the longer the line was, which is really disheartening, right? Like it, right. it had, there was a guy who he did nothing but artwork, but it was just outrageously, pin-up positions like of, mature rating yeah. yes yeah yeah where, where they would like quadruple the size of their proportions of, of fa otherwise famous characters that, that don't look that way right. again yeah just lying around the corner uh, you see that on kickstarter that too right like have you seen those yeah. campaigns for like definitely really stupid really really bad comics they fund so comics. high too yeah yeah, yeah. why yeah. How, who's buying that stuff I don't know. I don't know. People, okay, the same people that buy pornography are the same people that are buying that. Like, I, I mean, I really? hate to say this. Who buys porn nowadays? Yeah. I've, I've, okay, I've that's a fair does. point. That's a fair point. Yeah. I, I have thought about this in the in general. Like, like, isn't there enough available that 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 it's not? We've you made know. enough, everyone. We have made enough. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't we think can stop. it's physically possible for like a single human being to consume all the porn in the world there is right now. Like, Start now, not... make it your job, and yeah, and, and there's not enough time in in, in, in a human life to, to, to yeah. consume it all. No, it's not possible. <laughs> um, yeah, so that I never understood that. Um, it's like but doing a buffet of ice cream. At some point, it's just too much. You're like, no, I'm very thankful for this nice sample, but I'm done. I am getting the diabetes. I am dead. I can't do any more. Speaking of food and the con, man, that's how they were making their money back at the convention was the food trucks out there. I made the mistake of buying lunch, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go treat myself. I'm going to go to the, the, <laughs> the line that was the shortest, which was the barbecue truck. And I spent... $35 on a container of mac and cheese <laughs> and a soda. And that was, I was like, that was your entire profits for the con, right? Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why nobody was buying. That was my, my theory is they were spending money on food and man, those lines were huge. People were happy to spend that much money. So just, just empty their pockets. Um, yeah, that, there's a, uh, there's a Mr. Burns quote from the Simpsons where he opens a casino and he's like, I found the perfect, business people walk in empty their pockets and just leave <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like the, yeah the food at the convention was that way um it, this was kind of a tough con in that sense because no um parking free parking for um conventionees so you're like you right off the bat you're like wait 30 bucks a day parking okay uh then then the t then the table itself costs i don't remember jacob 300 
300 something like that yeah 315 already yeah. Uh, and, and let's say we just starved the whole time already that means we're in the whole like 450 500 before we even break even um selling stuff so that was a that was a tough uh set, setback we, we got to find a more efficient way to, to sort of do something like that but um but thankfully we did at least make you know turn turn at least some profit yeah and it was uh still really fun and still the experience was really valuable yeah we learned a lot and i think that was the largest convention that you'd been to with me so absolutely yeah yeah without yeah. question did you um, drive jacob or did you fly in i flew out so okay. I, what i had to do is make sure i had a checked bag that would be able to fit all of our inventory at least most of it joe had a bunch that i had mailed to him mm -hmm. before so he had a bunch of comics waiting and i we ordered one of the signs to be shipped to his house so he has a convention sign whenever we need it Oh, good. But everything everything else was going to be checked luggage, and that it worked out fine. The bag was a little bit heavy when I was going there. I think I was like just like one pound over, so I was able to put it put the excess in my uh, carry on. So it all worked out. We have a guest that was on a couple of weeks ago, um, who's been sitting in at comic book shops like and doing signings like all the time. Uh, have you guys really? done any of that? I haven't even considered it, but okay. That would be. I was just I wondering because he posts literally every week, like he's hmm. sitting at at least one or two shops in LA, uh, signing comic books, and he's that's he's amazing. The and yeah, I just thought it was like really cool because he only has one book made, you know. Well, uh, shit. And he's so you don't like, even need to be a big draw; it's just an extra thing to bring people into a comic. A co comic yeah, store, I guess, I yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's really interesting hmm. watching him on. I should just say his name. It's the R. Loxley creator, uh, um, Tim Guest, I guess. Okay. If anyone wants to listen to his episode, but uh, or find him on, I'll I'll pull up his Instagram and let you know. But but yeah, I was just wondering if you'd ever done any of that because that that seemed like a cool strategy that I hadn't seen before. That's something I have to look into. That sounds awesome. I mean, especially especially for local comics, they could broadcast. Hey, local creator, you know, Jacob Fleming. Mm -hmm. um here you know signing his books. no well you know what i take it back i did do that once but it wasn't a comic book shop because we only have like a very small comic book shop it was a bookstore so when i had like the first issue out, i went there for a few hours and like it was it was fine but i live in a very small town so oh, okay i think in la it would be a lot better yeah it's saltara comics saltara okay. comics and, awesome. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I just thought that was pretty pretty neat. Um, something I hadn't considered. Yeah, because you hear about cons a lot too. You said he was just the writer. Yeah, he's the writer. He uh, he worked with this artist in Greece. Um, okay. Who, yeah, they, who did, that's awesome. Yeah, and well, uh, he's a really great. It's really great art, you know. So it, I'm it sure does, yeah. it does draw your eye in, um, like your your work, Jacob too. Um, it just draws you in. So, um, you know, and it's yellow, which is, as Paul might say, is very marketable color. So that <laughs> yeah. attention. Is that a thing? Is, is that one of the, the marketable colors? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. For no reason other than that it was said once. <laughs> I mean, there's always been this bad about like pretty colors. I mean, like they just kind of like, you know, if I could put in like a hotel bedroom or a, doctor's office like you, you go with the pretty colors you don't go with the colors you're like well i'm gonna die or yeah. 
No, that's like they have that in Ocean's Eleven where they're like, they say taupe is a very soothing color and they just paint all the hallways that that color. And I, I always found that super interesting. The, the idea of like, you know, what what contrasts and what catches people's eye and stuff. Like I have no knowledge of it other than I, I, I regularly say, I don't know what the technical term is, but they did something right with this one. Uh, something, <laughs> something, something came together correctly. Yeah, yeah good times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you guys have a new comic coming out. Yeah. Yep. We are we're on issue four. Um, in fact, I just submitted the the next draft to Paul and Jacob. Um, the script. We are uh, yeah uh, of the script. Yeah, we're we're chipping away at it. Um, oh, cool. And uh, again, lucky to have Paul uh, to give us some some interesting perspective on things. It's been it's been really great actually. Hey Paul, is, I have a question. Is, has there ever been one where you looked at you're like I can't look at this anymore? It's so bad. Come back to me when you're serious. Uh, not that it's ever so bad, but that I've read it like 40 times and Joe's bringing it back with like one minor edit in it. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what line was changed? What am I reading? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll be I, like, yeah. Or, or it'll be like a couple of weeks apart. Uh, and I think you've only done this once, I think, where you sent me something and then I did some work on it and then you sent me it again. And I was like, wait, this is the same thing. I think you just <laughs> forgot that he already sent me this to work on this. And like, I've already, I've already done the work. <laughs> but right funny. now, I, uh, I, I need to air some dirty laundry. We need to work on our version control uh, for right. this latest edition. Because I think I've got four different Google Docs oh, that no. are, are all the like variations of this script. Because it's, it's split up funny. But I'm clean that up. I'll, we'll, uh, we'll figure I'll, that out. I cleaned up and... <laughs> Now, do, you, um, do you guys do letters or do you just go new, 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 one? New, 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 new. <laughs> the, so the, the, the first send is, is I, I, Jacob does a little bit of my of my processing. I send it all to Jacob and he puts it on one solid Google Doc and we can add notes to that. But me being a ding dong, I forgot that we did that. And I just edited my original Word documents and resent the Word documents again that are not the cohesive Google Doc. Um, then, but I can say real quick. Uh, so, for example, issue two, I think I wrote a scene uh, where Paul said, "What are you trying to do with this scene?" And I was like, "Well, I'm trying to show that Rose's life is boring." And he's like, "Well, you've succeeded in making a very boring scene." <laughs> so, and, and he was essentially teaching me is like, "There's a trick to this. You somehow have to come up with an interesting way to show us that she's boring while not boring the reader at the same time." Uh, and that ended up being the scene in issue two where she works at a, a convenience store and gets a bunch of ridiculous uh, clients or customers coming in. Uh, okay. um, yeah. And and in in a sense had some humor to it while also showing how miserable she was instead of just being miserable while also showing how miserable she was the pain uh, totally so, miserable yeah. for the character not yeah. miserable for the audience right right that was a that was a huge help uh, but I, but you were asking about a time where i said something and paul was like i don't know what to do with this it literally was like you got to start over man this is a very boring scene <laughs> um yeah so so there's been there's been stuff like that uh, with the current issue um and, and and we can go into it i'm sure a little bit without um uh, you know, talking about the specific plot points, but Paul would say, "Hey, I'm sorry, um, are you hungry, Joe?" It's my dog. Oh, um, my, <laughs> but I call my dog is, as well. is very anxious. Um, he. Uh, uh, Do you need so, to so, get a cracker or something? Okay, all right, give me a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds... <laughs> 
whose stomach's going. That's Steve the dog. Has Steve the dog made an appearance on the podcast yet? No, not before. No, yeah. Not yet. As opposed to Steve the human or one of his many friends named Steve. Yeah. The most four legged uh, person that's made an appearance is Keegan has two cats mm-hmm. and they have made numerous, numerous appearances. So, yeah. Yeah, we haven't had a guest with cats yet, have we, Eric? Not really. I think we've had, but like nothing that's like literally like not that have jumped in. Yeah. 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 Do you guys deal with Steve the dog all the time? Is this a problem Uh, for you? It's never a problem. Steve. uh, Steve has only ever snapped at my face one time. Okay. Uh, Oh wow. That was because he was just new to the house, (laughs) and I was the new guest in the house. Oh, okay. That's about it. But otherwise, he's a great dog. Remembers me. Um, I, 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 we're talking about my dog, I assume. We were yes, talking yes, about yes. how bad your dog is. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, when Jacob was, came to go visit, I was at work and I was like, listen, I'll leave a key for you, you know, under the rug or whatever. Uh, and I was like, I don't, the dog gets kind of, you know, defensive of the house. If there's any issues, just put him in my room. And he sends me a picture of the dog just laying on top of him. And he's like, yeah, yeah we're, all, we're good. And I was like, that's my guard dog right there. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, sorry. So the cur- current issue, uh, the editing challenges were, um, it's great to have, you know, right ideas, funny stories and characters and them doing things that we all love and enjoy and, and, and running jokes and debating back and forth nerdy topics and stuff. And we get someone like Paul to say, what is the goal of this issue, you know, or, or where, if you've got an arc of where we're going, what were the missions that were supposed to be accomplished that, that, of the story that we had to hit here, right? And I'll say like, well, there has to be, you know, the, the, the team is going to struggle to work with each other. And then in the next issue, they will learn to work cohesively as a team sort of thing. It's like, well, if that's what you're working for, the, you, maybe the bottom, there, the failure is not low enough of a failure. We have to retool the concept to say, hey, they fail. But there needs to be consequences to how they fail to make it more a little more dramatic. It, 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 Paul, I'm sure you could explain it better, but um, no, that yeah. was uh, pretty accurate for the most part. I, mm. Like I said before, I try not to involve myself in the actual creative labor that that Joe's doing here, right? Because uh, in the partnership between an artist and a writer, uh, the the writer is offering the writing, and if you suddenly add another writer, I'm just encroaching on Joe's domain, and so I relieve that uh, for myself by sticking to like structural things, just asking big picture questions. Hey, we're coming up on the end of issue three. Where are we headed in issue four or five? I have no idea how we're going to make this low point lower, this high point higher. And uh, usually it's just a lot of like prompting to Joe and then Joe's brain starts spooling off ideas and we keep going. Yeah. And it's been great to, to, to have Paul say something like um, this character needs more motivation. I'm like, oh, like this. And he's like, that's a that's an example of them. Uh, there are others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that then that's how that works. Um, and I don't obviously I'm a big fan of someone saying, "Hey, this one didn't land," or "or this one isn't interesting enough," and and that's how it, it ends up being more cohesive at the end. You know. Paul, so, were you trained to do this in any shape? Uh, Yes, I went to school okay. for uh, creative writing. I was an English creative writing major at oh, cool. UC Davis. And uh, believe it or not, that skill, all the skills learned there translated directly into working in the video games industry and the marketing departments. Because all those classes teach you to do is get shot down over and over and over <laughs> again and just beat up. You sit in the hot seat all day yeah. getting blasted by your fellow students and instructors. And that really prepares you for real life where you got to go up and make a presentation and 
receive nothing but blank stares and <laughs> questions over and over and over again until yeah. you don't want to do your idea anymore. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I try and bring some of that knowledge back to to Joe's, uh, Joe's and Jacob's campaign here and try and ask the questions that aren't going to like knock the wind out of their sails, but keep them pointed in the right direction. Did you want to mm -hmm. be a, a writer? when you were oh absolutely yeah that's still yeah. that's still the dream for oh, okay. i think everybody right is anybody who sits down to uh do a comic or write a story or anything still has mm -hmm. that dream of getting that call from spielberg they want to buy your rights <laughs> and make that movie of everything that you've poured your heart and soul into and uh instead i sold my soul to google and now i do marketing <laughs> for for major tech corporations in the gaming sphere ah, i see do you do, um, do you write anymore or no? I do. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Mostly uh, among my groups of friends, and like I do a, a workshop two or two a year, where I contact old instructors and see if they've got a writing session going on. I'll oh, try. cool. Oh, cool. Thanks. Um, the process Paul just described. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Tick Tick Boom on uh, Netflix yet. The the musical about the guy who wrote uh, ended up writing uh, Rent, I think. Um, but it's it's an interesting inception. It's it's it. So he wrote a very, the very first musical he ever wrote, he poured his heart and soul into it for like eight, nine years, um, pitches it, workshops it, and everyone's like, uh, you know, borrows every money, loses relationships over it, gets it done, uh, presents it, and they were like, hey, that's great, let us know when you make another one. Uh, we're not interested in this idea, but you're clearly talented. So his next musical was uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, which was an autobiography of the process of making the first musical. And then afterwards he made Rent, which was a huge success, and he passed away. And so interesting enough, the movie Tick, Tick, Boom, I don't mean to sell this. The, long story short, the movie on Netflix is both a musical and it's a biography about his life. But what he, Paul described, the reason I thought of it is, the idea of literally doing nothing but working on your big passion project for such a long time and presenting it. And the result was like, oh, you're very talented. Let us know the next time you make something. Um, it's just kind of a <laughs> tough uh, uh, thing to, to, to deal with. But yeah, yeah, good times. Fun tangents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, rejection's a real thing uh, for sure. Do you, guys, do you guys feel that when you're at the con ever? Like somebody looks at mm. it and it's like, uh okay maybe not for me sometimes but i think yeah. i just go into it that you know obviously not everybody's gonna love the comic okay but yeah i think what's uh and that means you know like joe was saying you know like you work on something for so long and then you're just building yourself to be rejected on this one thing it's nice to be able to like finish multiple things and get a lot of practice in finishing things and a lot of practice in rejection because then you can learn more yeah, I've seen a lot of stories of people like, I worked 10 years on this one comic or this graphic novel, and it was my dream, dream project. And like, I never even heard of that thing, so I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, and that was the lesson I learned uh, that I think we talked about before, that, that the best way to get, to get better is just to do it, you know? Instead yeah. of spending too much time in the conceptual, conceptualizing state, uh, is this good enough? Or, you know, like, is this, you know, is this funny enough? Is, is this interesting? You just get it done and you get feedback and keep going, you know? That's mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, fail as fast as possible, as often yeah. as possible. <laughs> that's a great line. I never heard of that before. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good, interesting stuff. We, we have had some people come to our 
our booth that said, tell us the, the, the pitches, the subject, the, the, you know, or I mean, for, from my perspective, oh my God, the art was incredible. What's the comic about? Well, let me tell you what it's about. They're like, Ooh, no thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly the, the sucker in this one here. Uh, I thought well, you were, I thought you were about to do like the sell me this pen like thing from, uh, a Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Like, <laughs> right, right. Sell me this pen. Sell me this pen. Um, no, not that's not quite. Um, I also that's another skill to learn at comic conventions that me and Jacob picked up our first one is to not try to engage every person who slows down to look at our, our, our artwork because a lot of people are just processing and moving. And it's very sort of intimidating to be like, hey, want to hear about a comic? Like, whoa, sorry. They kind of keep, no, no, it's just, just looking, sorry. Just, uh, so you kind of have to like let them approach and engage you instead of sort of like, you know, um, what's that phrase? Like carnival barking, you know, like when you're just like, come on, come on, step right up, right in. Oh, yeah. like, you there in the British shoes, come on down. Would you just in the comic? Why not? Something wrong with you? All right, see you later. Next person, you know, that's sort of thing. Like, <laughs> hawking, hawking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to hawk programs outside of Fenway. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I get it. I I know what that's like. Uh, but you do get you do get people in because they'll mm -hmm. hear, they'll hear you if you're shouting. Uh, I feel like there's a real arms race that goes on between hawkers or barkers and like the average person walking down the street. Uh, living in the Bay Area, there's constantly people wanting you to sign their the various petitions or give you a flyer <laughs> or whatever. And I've perfected the art of like yeah. the don't fucking flyer me face. Like I'm gonna walk right by you. <laughs> I'm not going to make eye contact. I'm not hurting your cause, but I'm not going to participate See, in your cause. <laughs> in your head, it's this big deal between you and this person yeah. who is causing you problems. But to them, you are literally like the ocean flowing past them. You know, like there is no like there is no individual there. There is just a sea of people going back and forth. And sometimes they take the flyer, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and so, like, when you walk by these people, it's not a big deal to them that you just walk by, <laughs> which I I only learned by doing the the other side of it, where you're like trying to get people to buy, you know. But you end up like, people will stop, I guess. You know, I'll just keep talking about it, and people will stop at some point. What was your most effective like pitch to get somebody to grab whatever it is you were handing off to them? One that you just went back to again and again. That well never ran dry. Uh, just repetition. Really, honestly, it mm. was like the simplest form of, of like programs, $2 programs, get your program here just over and over. You had to do like the old timey voice. Like and I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I did the, the old timey voice. Cause I wasn't from Boston. Right. So like when I first started, I actually tried to do the Boston accent, but, uh, I, I found that it was better if I didn't do it. And just did the old timey voice and uh, <laughs> and held it up really high so that people could see what the, what I was talking about. There you go. Yeah, um, I love the old uh, Mitch Hedberg joke of every time somebody hands me a flyer, I feel like what they're saying is, "Here, you throw this away." <laughs> 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 well, yeah, yeah, the owner of that. Uh, I don't know. Have you guys been to Fenway? A little history not. lesson. The owner of the the program hated the program that they were selling inside the park, and it was. Uh, like this was back in the 90s, I think. And uh, so he made his own and started selling it outside of the outside of the park of Fenway. And he got sued and everything. But um, Boston has like a freedom of speech and freedom to print um, that dates back to like the Revolutionary War. And uh, so he, he's allowed to sell programs for the game outside of the, the park. Um, wow. So it's like a, a 
it's kind of a unique thing to Fenway if you ever get out there. Um, but then there were like one of his guys broke away and became like the evil program guy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there's like this whole battle that goes on. Wow. And sometimes they fight. Amazing. And it, oh man, it was great. Um, I wonder if they'll do like a like a ESPN thirty for thirty on those guys, the the, the program wars. They might have already. Uh, there's definitely a documentary that the evil guy made. Um, <laughs> the evil guy it was, sounds like he won. They were in green. The 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 better ones were in red. Um, yeah, to kind of so, like spy versus spy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like a whole subculture. It was really. Yeah. Fun. It was <laughs> like wild. a really fun job. Anyway. Fantastic. Uh, you guys have been great guests yet again. Thank, Thank you, you for so coming much. on. When are we looking at issue four? Uh, if we can finish wrapping up the, the story sometime soon, uh, Jacob, what's your timeline usually for like the first yeah. uh, layer of, uh, of, of blocking it out and stuff? Oh, that doesn't take me much more than a week usually. But it'd be great to get the whole thing printed and out released um, you know, before summer. That'd be awesome, but probably summer. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, let us know. We'll, uh, we'll plug it on our instagram and let everyone know absolutely we'd love to do a review of it when it comes out just because yeah absolutely and when can where can people find curse's comic uh well you can purchase it at um our working storefront which is gelatinouscubism.com and um which you can find our links on our instagram jacob fleming art and curse's comics so gelat gelatinous cubism.com is that your website yeah that's uh, that's our website and our like publishing company oh okay so you have your own publishing company yeah i since i make a lot of other uh self-published works i just put it all underneath that name oh perfect okay that makes sense um cool so gelatinous cube uh next time you're on we'll talk about that title yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah absolutely all right cool well, uh, more Joe and Paul just talk about your stuff. Like, like, sorry, Joe. Sorry, Paul. This is Jacob. Well, Paul might be camping, right? Right, Paul? Yeah. 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 You're going to be camping that day? Uh, absolutely, ready, yeah. I was going to call to like, do an like, interview on the phone and just have bears behind him the entire time. We talked about it seriously he for did. this last trip. Yeah. It was honestly talked about, Eric. It was on the table whether he could get reception or so from the campsite. And, it would have be- been condors, not bears. Uh, at this location yeah california condors <laughs> bears of the sky really yeah. <laughs> uh yeah good times well that that you you got to work on getting that one of those like zoom filter backgrounds where it's just it looks like you're camping that'd be great mm-hmm. yeah. yeah next time yeah. <laughs> you work on your carnival parking joe i need an outfit so you yeah. can like hand comics off that's right yeah Yeah, you go around yosemite with like comics like uh to different campsites and like hey guys want to buy something to read out here wow talk about a captive audience yeah right dollars with their whole family (laughs) they have to listen to your sales pitch you have just found a new market i'm willing to be the front man yeah comes with a free map (laughs) uh cool you guys uh have a good night thank you Awesome. Thank you you for having us.